All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. After 2 o'clock, I'm with the sports leader, TSN 1260. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the the, uh, revenue stay right here in the province. That's PlayAlberta.ca, where tonight... Oh, my goodness. 65. It's like you're the Eric Carlson of lottery winners. 65 mil and uh, eight max millions. Get your tickets at playalberta.ca. I'm Jason Greger. Struddy is in uh, Campbell. He will join us from the Memorial Cup a little bit later on today. Uh, Also, we welcome back to the show a gentleman who is now officially married, Connor Halley. Connor, how are you doing? Gregor, I'm uh, doing good. Happy to be back here behind the behind the saddle, on the saddle, whatever it is. Happy to be back, Gregor. It was a long, long couple of days. In fact, uh, oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, you're like the center of attention all the yeah. time, and uh, you know everybody's talking to you and just wishing you well. And you have to ask a lot of questions. It's, I'm sure you enjoyed every minute of it. It's great. Um, you know, I had a good time at your wedding. Uh, had a lot of conversations with people. Uh, learned the story of uh, of Connor over Thomas. I did, didn't know you weren't a big fan of a young Thomas at a daycare, <laughs> and so that's why you, you became Connor. But I did find out. Well, I found out half the story. Um, I learned that you actually have another middle name that, for whatever reason, is like a top secret. I'm not sure what it is, if it's if it's that um, unique or not, but uh, no one would tell me what it is. So basically, as you know, similar to tracking down uh, 
the past in, in uh, Strudz's life, because people like to know the answers. I now have a new goal to find out what your second middle name is, unless you just want to share it and end it quickly. Well, I mean, as Dwight Trude said, identity theft is not a joke, so I, I try to keep that on the download just in case somebody wants to, you know, identity theft me. I, I'm curious who told you this, though, because, I, I mean, people, obviously people know I try to keep it on the download, but, yeah, yeah. there is another middle name, actually. Yeah, there is. So I and, and you know, hey, the the people that I know would know didn't want to give it up. So I'll have to, uh, you know, have to do some more digging. Probably meet with your friends after a few beers because usually, uh, hey, uh, loose lips uh, sink ships. But in some cases, it can get you the answers you want. You so. know, what? I, I would give you the initial, but if that's too much of a lead in. Oh, it's too much of a so hint. It's like it's not. It doesn't start with the S. What is it? Is it Xavier? I can't say, but it, um. it could be along those lines. Hmm. Now I'm sure maybe one of my friends is listening and they'll text it in and you'll you'll have it in no time. But no, yeah, well, that would be great. <laughs> I'll yeah. keep the initials quiet. Now is it Cosmo? No, no, no. Oh. I mean, if Seinfeld yeah, but how would out, I even know? Like you could just lie right now. Like if I get it, if I get it, will you tell me for sure? I will tell you if you get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not. So it's not Cosmo. No, no. You're not. You're not getting a a, a license plate. It's going to say the ass man or anything soon. <laughs> I wish. I wish. No. Even on my license. It's actually just the initial. That's all that would fit. Right, yeah, we had that conversation yesterday from some people who some have it. Uh, some people have like, you know, their full names on their passport. You need all of them. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we shall see. Um, also, I uh, met your buddy Brett. Uh, Twelve years growing his hair. Twelve. Uh, to put a picture of it, I was blown away. And like the great, so I saw him when we we're in there. You know, after the I saw him walk when we were sitting at the uh, at the wedding. And, you know, sitting in the, in the chairs and you're waiting. And I, I saw this guy walk. It's impossible to miss him. Like, his hair is down to below the back of his knee. Like, no joke. And, um, you know, he's got dreads. And it's natural dreads because I had a real good conversation. I had a lot of questions. I don't have any hair, so I'm always enthralled by certain, you know, hair questions. But, hey, anybody who has that type of hair, of course i got to ask some questions. And so I did learn a lot. Um, he doesn't actually wash his hair with shampoo. Instead, he has like a big tub and he soaks it in oils. So that's uh, something that I've, I've never heard of before. Um, also, like he kind of, he backcombed it once when it was down to like his shoulders and then it just went into the dreads and it just, now it just kind of keeps tying itself naturally. So it's 12 years, dude. <laughs> that is a massive commitment to not cutting your hair. It's amazing to me. So he's 35. So that goes back to when he was what, 23. 23. And, and for me, like I, we just know every time we see him, it's going to be a little bit longer. But I've never really got into that with him about how he takes care of it, because you know it's, it's just who he is to us. It's like yeah. it's not as shocking. But then for someone who's never met him, yeah, it, it's wild. And yeah, because you've seen him. So you would, let's say you get together every few months with your buddies, and the hair is at his shoulder, then it's yeah. down a centimeter. Like it's so slow that you don't notice it. But for someone like myself and Struds, I was just like, what? <laughs> and and then he, he just by fluke, he ends up at our table. And so uh, that made the conversation even easier. So uh, I, I learned a lot about uh, about that. And so his plan is to grow it until it touches the ground. Then he's going to cut it all off and have like a GoFundMe, do some stuff for charity or what have you. Um, but he also informed me he's never shaved his beard once. So from the time he could start growing a, like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins stash, it just kept growing and growing and growing. It's nuts, I don't even know what I would look like if I did that. 
like my hair when it gets to a certain length, it starts to get annoying. Like it's no, yours is pretty curly. Yeah, so it just it's I don't like it, but I think the longest I've ever gone would be maybe eight months, ten months to do that for twelve plus years, then never shave the beard. Like I, I would look, I don't know, different. Yeah, like now he's got it. Where I don't even know what you'd call it. It's kind of like he's got a ponytail on his beard. Right down the middle of it, right? Like, yeah. He looks like an old Viking, really, is what he looks like in that sense. So I'm curious of any of our listeners, what's the longest you've gone without shaving your beard? Like trimming it. He hasn't even trimmed it without doing anything to your beard. And if maybe there's somebody else out there who's grown their hair for multiple years without ever cutting. He's never cut it. Because some people will grow, like, my wife has her hair pretty long. It's down to, like, you know, uh, middle, lower of her back. But she gets it trimmed up every few months. Right? It doesn't, like, split ends. So I get it. But I'd be curious of the audience, like, what's the longest any of you have ever gone without shaving, trimming your beard, and then without cutting your hair? I, I, I don't know if I've ever, like, hair, maybe probably when I, when I had a little bit of the wings, down to the shoulder, so that probably would have been like six, seven months. That's it. But um, I can't, like I grew a beard when COVID first hit because we had nothing to do. I remember that was in March, and I kept growing it out and growing it out. It got pretty thick, and uh, I think I shaved it. It was like seven months, and I felt like, because usually why I give up on a beard is it's that itchy stage. Con, yeah. now you grow yeah. a beard like in a day, so your probably takes me a little bit longer. But that itchy stage of the beard, I was just like, this is terrible. But I was like, ah, it's something. I wasn't seeing anyone, so it kind of looks like crap, but who cares? So you're not seeing anybody. Uh, and my wife actually likes the beard, but I, you know, I just I couldn't. I found it was warm. Once it got past that stage, and then plus I learned from some people, I get like the beard moisturizer stuff. That made a difference. But I, uh, the long hair, man, I just I have respect for it. And he just says it's, it's like a sweat box when you got the hair, more so inside than outside. Oh, I could see it. I I tried to grow with the beard, like maybe in the Sons of Anarchy phase, kind of like, like that opie look, you know, grow it out a little bit longer there. I couldn't do it either, Greg. It got far too itchy for me. I know there's oils you can put on it, but... Yeah, I, I have a couple of buddies who who rock the beard quite well. I just I can't get that far. Eventually, I just got to get rid of it. All right, so we'll talk more about the uh, the wet. Everything went well for you. No uh, no hiccups. No, no, it was good. It was awesome. Like great to see you know a lot of my friends I haven't seen for multiple months now. So a lot of friends came in, family getting a chance to catch up. It just flies by. I guess everyone who's been through it before knows what i'm talking about like it's, it's non-stop good conversation and you know everything's good about it it just doesn't last long enough you kind of wish you could slow it down and and enjoy it a little bit more but it was it was absolutely awesome and a big thank you to brandon for stepping in covering me while i was gone uh, looks like he did a very good job but uh yeah it, it was a busy couple days happy to be back all right so we'll get to uh, all of that uh, last night kind of anticlimactic if you sat down last night to watch game seven of boston miami or Game 6, Dallas and Vegas. Neither one was that competitive of game. Miami was in control pretty much early on and never looked back. And uh, Dallas shut, got shut out on home ice, 6 Cobb. It was kind of disappointing if, if you were just, you know, somebody who, I didn't have vested interest. I'm sure Vegas fans and Heat fans were going absolutely ballistic, just loving it. Why wouldn't you? Right? It was great. They uh, they got what they wanted, but you know William Carrier scored what three and a half minutes into the game, and it's three nothing. Fourteen minutes into the first period, and you're just like, oof, 
isn't looking good for uh, for Dallas. And, and meanwhile, the uh, Heat, uh, you know, Jason Tatum got a little bit banged up, you know, early in that game. But e- even if he's healthy, I don't know. Like the the way, like they just couldn't shoot threes. Boston uh, couldn't shoot threes. They were, you know, they were down. Well, I guess they were only down 11 at the half. It wasn't crazy, but they just, it never felt close, right? And then Miami really pulled away in the fourth quarter. So full marks to the Heat, and uh, it continues on. No NBA team has ever come back from a 3 nothing deficit. Five teams have pushed it to a seventh game, but none of them have been able to win. And Dallas falls short of becoming the 10th team to uh, make it to Game 7 when trailing 3 nothing, So now we know the finals. Thursday, Heat will be in Denver to take on the Nuggets, who, who I believe are, are a favorite. I would say they're probably a heavy favorite. And then Vegas and Florida. I still, I would, if if you, well, I'll pick right now. I don't, I don't care. It's not like anything's going to change between now and Saturday. I'll take Vegas because of their blue line. The wild card is, can, can goalie Bob win them the series? That, to me, is going to be the question, Connor. Uh, how do you see the finals? I, I'm intrigued by it, for sure. Obviously, I mean, we we saw firsthand how good Vegas can be and, and how they got past the Edmonton Oilers, and similar to what you said about the game last night, uh, that series against the Dallas Stars kind of felt like there was no uh, real threat, like Vegas was going to find a way to get it done. Uh, I wonder if the Dallas Stars, you know, maybe you move on without Jamie Benn. He he got swept in that series, uh, you know, in, in a 4-2 series. He was out there for every loss, didn't see a win, but... I, I think it's going to be tough. I, I wonder if the time off, and I guess we can ask Kevin Willie about that later on in the show, but, you know, if you're the Florida Panthers and you have a Broski who's playing so well, do you want to get him out there over and over again just to kind of keep the momentum going? I wonder if the time off will impact them in any sort of way. Good for them to get healthy, things like that, but they were playing such good hockey. I wonder if they were kind of hoping to get back out there as soon as possible. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, I, I was looking at it. Colorado had eight days between games last year. And it didn't hurt them at all. They uh, they won games one and two against Tampa and uh, rode it all the way to uh, to winning the Stanley Cup. Maybe it's a little bit different for uh, Florida. We'll see. But the, I think early in the series it might hurt, and, and that's the challenge. Uh, it didn't hurt Colorado, but no offense, Colorado was, a, was like a, a wagon. They were a dominant team to begin the playoffs. Everybody expected them to be in the Stanley Cup final. Florida is not that team. They're a good team. They played very well. They've beaten some good teams, but they're not like, oh my goodness, they're so good, right? But Bobrovsky, the way he's playing, definitely makes them um, a legit uh, threat in this game. And uh, I'm curious to see uh, what's going to happen starting on Saturday on the show today. Uh, Phil Kemp will join us. He just signed a two-year, two-way contract with the Edmonton Orders. Uh, it's a 775k if he gets to the National Hockey League. Uh, Phil Kemp, he, he's a defense first defenseman. Having seen what Vinny DeHarnay did, can Kemp follow suit in a few years? Can he be a guy who gets to the NHL? What does he feel he has to work on? We'll find out from him. Uh, Strutty will join us from uh, the Memorial Cup uh, as Quebec is the only undefeated team now. They defeat Seattle last night 3-1. to one. Uh, Gazzola will be by. Tom McCart- uh, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us from SiriusXM. Uh, Rashad Kevin Woodley uh, will be by later on. Also, we'll hear from uh, Chris Peters because here we are. It's May 30th. And you know what's creeping up on us? The NHL entry draft. It's less than a month away, baby. So uh, we could start talking about that. Uh, obviously, Edmonton Orders don't have a first-round pick. They have a second-rounder. And make no mistake, 
you uh, you can make your second rounders count. Makes a huge difference for your team. Patrice Bergeron says hello. Nikita Kucherov says hello. Sebastian Ajo says hello. I would go down the list. There's lots of other guys. It, I know they don't have a first rounder, but uh, that second round pick of the orders, um, it's obviously not going to help them next year or in a few seasons. But you know, down the road, you got to have those picks. Some of them land, and so the uh, I'm hearing from lots of people this is a pretty deep draft. So there, there should be some quality players available in the second round. Jordan Baker will join us in the uh, blue and yellow report. Talk a, a little hoops. You can always get a hold of us. You can text us at 10 12 60. You can dial us up at 444 You can email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, Gregor at tsn1260.ca. Take a quick break. Uh, we will return. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear from uh, Phil Kemp, talk a little about hockey and basketball in hour number one of the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 220 on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show with uh, Connor Halley. Now, did you keep your name or did you did you take your wife's name, Connor? Well, thought about hyphenating, but uh, gonna keep Halley. You know. Oh, okay. All right. Just want to double check. <laughs> different time now. Just what if to, I uh, came back and I was check. with her last name? Like, would we have to change the website, change Twitter well, handle, was, like all if, that? If that was your name, I think we would have to. Yes. <laughs> well, That's we're not going to. We're we're not doing that. Maybe hyphenating it, you know? Oh, yes. That'd be too long for, I wouldn't want hyphenated names. I would have so Kudos many names. To, I couldn't do it. To people who do that. But yeah, you would have like six then. <laughs> well, five, I guess. So if, if two, crazy. If two people meet and they both have hyphenated last names. I don't know how it works. What does man. the kid do if they they have a kid? I don't know. You know, I know some people like the lady keeps her name hyphenated, but then the kids don't have it. Mm-hmm. I know that's uh, so. Yeah, you know what? That's I have no expert um, opinion on that. I have no idea what they do, but uh, it would be an interesting one. Yeah, like if you're hyphenated, you, then you take. Do you have like four hyphenated? What happens? So wow. that'd be a mouthful, to say the least. Let's see. Let's get to our big guest of the day. Brought to you by Silent Ice. Sports and Entertainment, uh, they've expanded. They now own the uh, JPHL, an academy-style approach for U14, U15, and U18 players with a focus on skill development and education. Learn more at JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. We are joined by a gentleman who just signed a two-year extension, a two-year two-way deal with the uh, Edmonton Oilers, defenseman Philip Kemp. Joins us, Philip. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, Jason. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, it's good. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, chatted, and uh, I know when, when I first talked to you coming out of college, you were like, you know what, hey, I'm looking to go to pro and just kind of you know, see what I need to work on and learn. And What have you learned about your game the last few years, and, and where do you feel you've improved as a player? Yeah, uh, I mean, the last couple of years, it's all about trying to carve out a role on the team. Uh, and I think each year I've kind of done a better job at doing that and um, trying to help the team any way I can, be reliable, be a defensive guy, but... Uh, pitch in offensively when I can and just try to help the team win. You're a, a very – everybody Everybody I talk to, opposing coaches, you're like, hey, this guy knows how to defend. Right, that that's kind of being the you know your 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 go to thing, and I, I think players have to you know to get to the NHL, everybody has to know a role and what they're good at, killing penalties, being a, a defensive guy, but. This past season, you also, you know, you scored a few more goals, added more points. To, did you make a conscious effort to try to add more offense to your game? Definitely. Uh, I mean, I think defending is kind of my staple. I try to be a reliable defenseman, uh, just a defensive defenseman. But to get to the NHL, you're going to have to do a lot of other things really well. And uh, 
over the last couple of years, I've been trying to work on those areas and hopefully keep taking steps in those directions. What what do you work on to become a better offensive defenseman? Uh, I mean, a lot, honestly, is it's, it's breaking out the puck. The game, 2023, it's, it's a lot about being efficient defensively, breaking out the puck clean, giving it to the forwards, joining the play, trying to be a fourth guy in the rush, and getting pucks on net. You gotta test the goalie. If you don't, if you miss the net, you don't even test them. So it's just kind of trying to get plays to the net, cause some chaos, and defend hard. Phil Kemp joins us. Phil, the, the one thing lots of players always talk about is, hey, you know what? I want to get quicker. I want to get a little bit quicker. Especially the NHL, it's always getting faster. What have you worked on? Like, are you doing a lot of ladder drills? Do, you know, do you have a skating coach? What do you do to try to get quicker as a pro player? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's definitely an area where I got to work on to be successful at the next level. Um, and it's kind of all of the above. Edmonton's got great resources, a skating coach up there, and he's unbelievable. Um, in the summers, a lot, it's about flexibility. It's about getting your body right for the season ahead. Uh, it's healing up injuries. It's, it's, it's working on all of the above. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's speed ladder. It's, it's in the weight room. It's on the ice. It's, it's honestly, it's anything you do to try to get a, gain a step. Phil, we see it. Uh, you look at Vegas, man. Size matters on the blue line, I think, now more than ever. Obviously, you have to be able to move, but you need big guys. And you, you have size. Size is something you can't really teach. And, and you have that. Uh, you know, there's a guy that was a teammate of yours for, for a while, and, and Vincent DeHarnay he has a little bit more size. You know, there's a guy who started in the ECHL and just worked his way up. Uh, how much of an inspiration is a guy like that where you look and say, hey, if he can do it, I can do it? Yeah, I mean, six seven. He's got a lot of size, <laughs> but no, he's a great player. He's a great person, um, and he was a great teammate. And he, he was a friend of mine. And just watching him have his success was just incredible. And just following, so it's really cool to see. You've been a leader. Um, you know, you were a leader in college, a captain. Uh, now you're, you'll be entering your third full season, um, whether it's in Edmonton or in, in Bakersfield. Uh, how much more of a leader are you? Like, are you that much more comfortable? Is that something that comes natural to you? Uh, I mean, I think I just try to play my game. I, I try to be a good teammate, uh, and I just try to help the team any way I can. Uh, and, and luckily in Bakersfield, I've been a teammate to some great leaders, and Brad Malone's one of the best leaders I've ever had. So it's kind of it's been really cool just seeing how he conducts himself in the locker room, off the ice with other teammates, uh, and it's just it's really cool to follow and to see how he leads. So for you, what makes him a good leader? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of things. Um, He's really good at honestly conducting the room, and he's a great player. He, he really sets the tone for us down there, um, and that's why he's had such a successful career. And you can see how he kind of brings it every night. Um, but it's, not, it's a lot of intangibles, uh, and I think that's why it's such a great piece for the organization. Phil Kemp joins us, uh, signed a two-year, two-way deal with the Edmonton Orders today. Uh, Phil, I want to ask you about some teammates. I always, I like the players' perspective on guys. And, uh, you know, coming yeah, off of yeah. injury, it's always difficult. Raphael Lavoie, you know, he ended the season with 25 goals. He was on absolute heater in the second half. It took him a few months coming off of that, that injury that he recovered over nine months. So you probably didn't know a lot about Raphael just because he'd been banged up a little bit. What did you see in the second half and even in practice do you feel like here's a guy I think that's got potential to be an NHLer? Definitely. Uh, I've been lucky enough to be teammates with Raph for now three years, uh, and I can confidently say no one really shoots the pill like Raph. Uh, so if you just get him in a spot to score, man, he's going to bury that thing, and it's really cool to see and it's really cool to watch. And honestly, it's lucky to have him on my team. 
the uh, as a defenseman, like Raphael Lavoie is a big guy, right? You're you're a big defenseman. Yeah. It, there is more practice time in the AHL. Do you, are you able to to focus more on specific one on one drills with a guy like that to say, okay, hey, I know what he does really well, but I want to work on trying to stop him. Like, is he one of the guys? Were there some guys that you really went hard at in practice, and of course, in a respectful way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really competitive down there. Everyone's trying to gain a step. Everyone's trying to get better. And I think that's kind of the environment you want where, or, or the organization wants where everyone wants to get better. Everyone wants to be a more impactful role player for the team. Uh, and Raph's leading the charge in that way, too. You know, he's always working on his shot, working on his game. And especially going against a forward like that, it makes all the D better. So that's what we kind of love, too. How did Jason Demers help you? Uh, he helped me a lot. I mean, it was just... He would tell a lot of war stories, but he was he was a great guy, he was a great player, and um, he was just an awesome guy to have in the locker room, have his presence in that room, and for him to tell us young guys a bit about what he's been through, what it takes to, to be an NHL player, it was I think it was really insightful for the young guys, and I think it helped us a lot. How important is, like, when you take a step back, maybe, Phil, and you say, okay, you know what, hey, obviously he's a good player and everything, but... Everybody who's in the American League wants to be in the NHL, right? It's not like you grow up and you're like, hey, I want to be an NHL. Or not that the AHL is a bad league because 85% of NHL players play in the American League at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's not the end goal. But how important of it, how inspiring is it having a guy like that who played as many games and played on really good teams and was a good player in the NHL and now he's at the end of his career and was just wanting to help guys out? How much of a difference can that make for a defenseman like you? And does it alter maybe your approach in any way in how you train this offseason? Uh, I mean, it was just extremely helpful for him to be in the locker room and kind of tell us young guys what it takes. And not that he was, I mean, he was an unbelievable player and he's a great person, uh, but it's a razor thin, thin edge of what it takes to be in the NHL. And there's only so many jobs up for spots, you know, so. And that's what makes it so cool. It's so hard to get to that point, to get that opportunity to to play for a team in the NHL. And that's why everyone's chasing it. I like how you say that. It's razor thin. Because I do believe that's very true for a lot. And some of it is as simple as just when the opportunity's there, take advantage of it. And that's difficult to do, right? Everybody wants to do it, but maybe you know there's an injury somewhere, or somebody has a really good camp, and that turns into, geez, all of a sudden the team's now going to keep that guy. Mentally, do you feel you're ready for that opportunity if it comes? Totally. Um, I mean, I think I'm really ready, and it, it's it's definitely tough. There's because there's only so many jobs, the opportunity is extremely limited, and that's why it's the best league in the world, and. If you get that opportunity, you kind of just got to let it fly and see what happens, you know. Phil Kemp joins us. Phil, uh, what else do you do for fun in the offseason? Uh, I like hanging with my buddies, kind of watching movies, playing golf, and kind of just catching up. Yeah. How's your golf game? Uh, I'm all right. I'm not great. Got a bit of a left-right banana hook slice, so <laughs> currently trying to work on that a bit, but all good. Now, in Bakersfield, it's pretty nice down there. Do you golf a lot during the season? It is. Uh, we don't golf a ton. It was kind of it was raining a bit this year, which is good for the drought. But um, kind of when the weather got nice, we were golfing a bit more. But it's obviously it's California, so it's really nice. Now, where's where do you go in the off season? Do you are you guy? Do you like to train alone, or do you prefer to train in a group? I prefer to train in a group. So I, I was, I've been working out with the same guy for six years or so, I think. So it's awesome, kind of getting back in the trenches with him and. Just uh, we kind of we both go our separate ways in the season, but we kind of come back and 
we both work out together at the same time and same place, so it's kind of always the same. Now, have like I, I know lots of guys have like your whole summer is almost mapped out on what your strategy is going to be for workouts, and then it ramps up, and then you take a week off, and then it goes up again, and you do different things. Are you back in it yet, or does your start in June? Like, what, what's your schedule now as far as off season training? Yeah, uh, I mean, the kind of way I look at it is you're only as good as your last game. So it's that's the tape you got, and it's kind of how can you get better in the summer. That's that's all it's used for now. So it's kind of how can you chip away, how can you get better in certain areas you got to work on and, and be ready to go for training camp. Is there one new thing that you that's really going to be a focus for you this summer that maybe wasn't in the past? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's kind of the cliches where – you're obviously, I got to get faster, get stronger, get bigger. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's it's being smart, you know. It's it's being efficient. It's where what areas do you you need to work on to make you a better player to give you a chance at the next level. And for me, I think that's I got to be more efficient breaking the puck out. I got to really I got to focus in on breaking the puck out, and I just got to be good defensively, be reliable, and have tight gaps, close circles. Uh, and I think that's kind of my ticket. So when you say you need to be better at breaking it out, will you spend more time then on the ice this summer and focusing on that specifically? I definitely will. Uh, and I think that's kind of where the game's headed. The best way to defend is just to break the puck out clean for your team. Um, get, the, get the puck into your forwards' hands. Because if you have the puck, they can't score. So that's kind of that's the focus. Phil, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Congratulations on, on a new two-year contract. Uh, best of luck this summer. We'll see you at training camp. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Have a great one. You betcha. Philip Kemp, defenseman, two-year, two-way contract with the Edmonton Orders. Uh, you know, likely going to uh, start the season, most likely, in the uh, in the American League. But as we've seen, you know, he's a guy, and I, I talked to, to Keith Gretzky about him. They're like, hey, he knows how to defend. He believes if, if he could – you know, his foot speed, he talked about it, and just moving the puck a little bit better. And listening to Phil, he's pretty aware of what he needs to work on. Right? I also like what he said. Like, the line is razor thin for lots of players. And learning to become more consistently effective at breaking out the puck, it's not that easy. It's not just where you're like, okay, you know what? Because I, I think sometimes you overlook being able to pass the puck on the tape all the time is really hard. Okay, you see the best players in the world, they miss passes sometimes. The the difference between the ones who are like elite and then guys who are third pairs is the top end guys like watch go back and watch tape this year of Tyson Berry. I think Tyson Berry was the best passing player on the owners. To me, I don't think as far as a defenseman goes. Watch how often the puck was on the tape when he passes it. And what that does is it allows a guy who's only five foot ten and who's not a burner to not have to defend as much, right? His puck-moving ability allows him to be in the NHL longer. It just is. Because if you get into a battle when you're Tyson Berry, you're giving up a lot of size, you're probably giving up some strength, giving up some speed. If you're doing that too often, guess what? You're not going to be playing as many minutes as him. So, you know, for players, and, and it seems like the simplest skill, but you just watch and... I always hearken back to that Detroit Red Wings practice I watched. This is, you know, when the Red Wings were at the peak and they were dominant. And I watched one of their practices, and the orders weren't that good. So obviously it stood out when you watched the difference in the skill set of Detroit and Edmonton. But the thing that stood out to me was I watched their practice. They did not miss one pass. I'm not even joking. They didn't miss one pass. 
I remember asking Mike Babcock about it, and he says, well, to be honest, I can't take any credit. That comes from the team, and specifically Nick Lidstrom. And Nick Lidstrom said, if you can't pass in practice, you're going to miss him in games. And it just be, that was their mindset. You don't miss it. Now, every did a guy miss a, a pass some days? I'm sure they did. But I it stood out to me. I'll never forget it. It was a Wednesday. It was at, or at, the, at the old uh, Rexall. And I was blown away because I seen guys like they're NHL players in games. Hey, Connor McDavid misses the odd pass. Of course you're going to miss some, but in practice when you're not as pressured, right, you're breaking the puck out. You got to hit everyone, and it was it was a great lesson to see and watch, and it made such a difference, such a difference. So. 237 Edmonton Sports Leader TSN 1260. Gregor I always like listening to the guys who aren't in the NHL and what they're doing to try to get there. Seems like a well-spoken guy, knows if he can do it. Do you think Kemp can play in the NHL? It's a good question, Dan. I, I honestly, I can't say for sure. The big one is, can he get quicker? Because he he knows how to defend. Anybody who watches Bakerfield game will tell you, like, Kemp's in the right position as a defender. He knows how to defend. It's very good. But today's NHL player... You used to be able to be a defensive defenseman, and really that's what it was. And if you just hammered the puck off the glass, the coaches didn't care. But in today's game, that's not the case. Now you got to, if you're a defensive defenseman, even if you're not like an elite offensive defenseman, which very few are, well, now you got to be able to move the puck up. And as, as Kemp talked about, you got to be able to put it on the tape and break out quicker. What did he say? The, uh, you're, the quicker you get out of the zone, the less you're defending. He's bang on. So... I would say, you know, he, he's a little bit of a long shot, but that doesn't mean it's it's a no for sure, right? The key will be, can he find a little bit quicker? Like, he's never going to be nurse, right? He's not going to skate like nurse. Probably Vincent DeHarnay actually skates pretty well for a big man. I don't think he's ever going to skate like him. But there are defensemen in the league who aren't great skaters but are really good defenders. Right? Like, look at Chris Tanev. You look at how Chris Tanev, and he is a, like he's an elite defender. I, and, and he's a better skater than Phil Kemp is right now. But I think there's a, a an example of a defenseman who really focused on what he does well. And he moves the puck decent. Not great. Decent. Right? He's serviceable as a puck mover. But he's elite as a defender. So I think Kemp, that's what you got to do. And the, the tough thing for a guy like Phil Kemp in Edmonton right now is Edmonton's in their window. If Phil Kemp was in the Orders organization in 2010 to 2015... I'd say he would get some time in the NHL. And that's where timing is a factor. Because once you get in, then you, you know, after the first 40, 30 games or whatever where you're a little jittery, and then it's like, okay, the pace settles down, and you find your footing, you see some guys who come in on lower-end teams, now they get confidence, now they get comfortable. And all of a sudden, you know, now they're two, three years in the league, and people around the league are like, oh, he's an NHL defenseman. We can sign him. And then maybe he moves up to a more competitive team. But it's it's different trying to break in on a better team. It's just harder. So, you know, sometimes you look like if you were, what would I say, maybe like a B-level prospect, you probably have a better chance if you're on a, on a worse team to get into the NHL. I think that's just, you know, that's where time and place does factor in sometimes. And as Phil said, razor thin. We'll return. To the uh, Blue and Yellow Report next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 245, Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you. 
Hope you're having a, an awesome day. It's a terrific Tuesday. Remember that. Can't get better 50% off. Half-price pizza every day at Papa John's every Tuesday. So enjoy that. Uh, it's time now for the Blue and Yellow Report, brought to you by the Edmonton Stingers, as they are back in action tomorrow night. Get your tickets online. Uh, you know what? There's great seats available, and it's a, it's a great atmosphere. So you'll want to get down to thestingers.ca to get your tickets for tomorrow night's game. And, uh, gentlemen, we know we'll be there, of course, uh, on the sidelines, uh, his first year as the head coach of the Stingers. Of course, has lots of uh, coaching experience previously at Nate and the UVA, and a former player of the Stingers, Jordan Baker, joins us. And, uh, Jordan, I have to assume, like, man, the first weekend for you as a head coach, at, at least at the, at the in the CEBL, uh, quite the range of emotions, I would assume, especially how the game two ended, where you're probably pretty confident uh, when you headed into the uh, you know extra time, uh, time added on. I know the Elam ending is not the official ruling, but how frustrating was that? And, and what do you go through your team after that, where you know you, you let a 16 point lead evaporate? Yeah, I mean, frustrating. I think hits it right on the head. Um, we had some opportunities to to make some plays. We got to the foul line and couldn't convert. And you know, I think as you see them score a couple of buckets things start to tighten up a little bit and you're playing playing not to lose instead of playing to win and you know I think we need to, to clean up our pace and there's lots of stuff both sides of the basketball that we want to be better at um, but you know we played very well for 36 minutes of the basketball game and, and we're not going to overlook that as we prepare for tomorrow. That's always the challenge as a coach, right? You you find the things you, that you didn't like, but you also have to focus a lot on the things you did like. Like the first and the third quarters, I'm thinking you're just like, hey, we play like that. We're going to be great. Um, you were a player and not far removed from it. So you probably, like, basketball, unlike maybe any other sport, has massive runs positively and negatively depending on which side of the court you're on at that point. And there's really no rhyme or reason. Can you ever tell when you're in it if it's coming either good or bad? Um, I think, you know, it's it's easy to turn defensive stops into scores at the other end, or at least easier. So, you know, when you're struggling to get stops and now you're having to take the ball out of your basket um, and try to execute a set after a six-day training camp, um, you know, you're thinking you're probably going to be a little bit in a tougher situation than if you're able to, you know, get a steal or get a defensive rebound and push and transition and play free. So, for us, you know, we need to, to continue to rely on our defense to, to generate some offense for us, especially early in the season as we're trying to get to know each other a little bit better. Because of, you know, how the league sets up, you had a lot of your guys who, who kind of flew in last minute finishing up their, their time in, in Europe. Uh, do, do you feel that now these last few games, the last few days after having a few games, that you, you'll have a little bit more continuity? Do you, do you expect more cohesiveness defensively just because you'll have some more practice time with your whole group together? I mean, certainly. Uh, and I certainly hope so, anyways. Uh, we're, we're at a point right now where, you know, we're dealing with not only – lack of familiarity, but we're dealing with jet lag. We're dealing with, you know, nagging injuries from the, the winter season. So we're, we're trying to get everybody on the same page and there's lots of growing pains and it would have been great to come out of the weekend one and one instead of zero and two, but um, you know, we're going to keep building and every day get a little bit better. And it's all about ramping up for the, the tournament at the end of August. Now, speaking of injuries, do you have anybody who's not available for tomorrow? Um. Isaiah Osborne, who is with us, um, still coming back off of a, a, a less 
serious lower body injury, so we probably won't have him for tomorrow, but he's a guy that we're looking to, to count on uh, from a perimeter defending and scoring perspective, um, and hopefully he's ready for, for June 10th when we're uh, back in action against Ottawa. Okay. Um, with Tell me a little bit about, you know, Brody Clark and, like, Every team in basketball, you know, obviously you want multiple guys who can score, but usually, you know, there's got to be somebody that you rely on. Do you have a guy, Jordan, that you're expecting to be kind of your go-to guy? Uh, I think it's a little bit early to tell. Uh, we're still trying to see where guys fit in and, and see where we can create some opportunities from them from a from an X's and O's standpoint. But, you know, our, our goal is, as Steve and I worked together over the, the winter, was to, to build a roster that can – hurt you in multiple different ways and like you said like you know you want to have a guy you can go to especially in that target score time um but at the same time you know not everyone's going to be on every single night so you need multiple threats who can give you 12 to 15 a night and you know when when things are going well they're going to give you 20 to 25 um, but it's not going to be the same guy every night and i think because we're so early in the season we're still trying to figure out who that is um and you know what three four guys can can be that guy um, in that last four minutes of the game. Will you be working extra on free throws? <laughs> um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to get into guys' heads a little bit too much. Um, you know, Brody's a very good free throw shooter. He missed three or four down the stretch, you know, um, a number of guys in the same situation. So we're going to allow them to rely upon the, the skills that they developed over their careers and, um, you know, it's not my job to uh, get in to tell them to get in the gym and get some extra reps. That's why they're professionals. They'll take that upon themselves. It's my job to to put them in a position to to get to the line and put them in some situations where they can take advantage of their skills. Jordan, you know, coaching's really evolved. It's a lot different now in any sport than it was before. Like there used to be, you kind of had to yell and scream at guys, and some players still don't mind that every now and then. But now it's more, you got to find ways to to work with your players, encourage them. You know, are there fun, even at you know the pro level? Are there certain times where you just need to incorporate fun? competitions in your practice and you know whether it's you know like a fun game of horse free throw line whatever it is is it too early for that stuff or is it never too early for something like that to kind of loosen guys up and and bring the fun back to the game yeah i mean i think you got to find a balance and for us because our time in training camp was so short um and after a busy weekend we gave him yesterday off and so we've got lots of things to cover before before wednesday um so for us like it's a disservice to our players if we're not having them prepared for the next opponent, um, whether that's from a personnel perspective, whether that's from a strategy perspective. Guys need to be on the same page. And so if we feel like we've done a good job preparing them for that kind of stuff, then, yeah, we're going to have a little bit of fun and do some shooting games and things like that to keep things loose, especially after a, a tough weekend with results. Um, but I think the priorities always are going to lay with um, being able to, to be the most prepared club we can be when the ball goes up looking uh, ahead to tomorrow night's game in niagara you've probably got a little limited amount of tape on them well what do they do well i mean they've played one game so far um they really spread the floor well they really get up and down and transition well so those are going to be two areas that we're focusing on but you know they also play in calgary tonight um and have to drive up to us to play tomorrow night so um we're hoping to to be able to glean a little bit of information from their tape against Calgary um, and then also sort of rely on their tougher schedule um, to maybe jump on them early and try to get um, an advantage um, in the first half and, and build another large lead. 
I know you've coached before, right? So it's not like it was new for you on the on the sidelines. But was there anything different at pro compared to at the U of A or even at Nate for you? Well, I mean, uh, the first thing was the amount of people that were at the game. <laughs> we had a, a great atmosphere on Sunday night for our home opener, and you know, it makes communicating a little bit tougher when there's thousands of people screaming and yelling versus um, hundreds. So. Um, that's an exciting development and you know we're still learning to get our hand signals down and being able to communicate to guys on the floor but yeah I mean in general you're dealing with guys who can you can they can be sounding boards for you a little bit as well because they all have some professional experience and you can rely on their expertise a little bit more um, versus the the collegiate aged athletes Um, you know you can say hey how do we feel like we want to guard this action and it'll be a you know generally a consensus of the guys on the floor. They say, hey, we want to do it this way, and you can make some adjustments based on that information a little bit quicker um, than you could um, with the younger players. Speaking with uh, Jordan Baker, head coach of the Empton Stingers, uh, third game of the season. Their second one at home goes tomorrow night against uh, Niagara. They're looking for their first win of the season. Uh, two closely, closely contested games against Calgary. Now, I know the rule's been in place a few years, Jordan, um, so you've played with it. Do you like? I watched it, and it's my first time live seeing the final four minutes, and now it's just, you know, first 82, which was the, the total of that game, nine plus whatever you guys had at that point of the game. Do you like it better? Because, you know, there's less fouling, there's less timeouts. Is it a better flow, or would you prefer, are you more of an old-school guy? Um, I know the fans generally like it, um, and the league has decided to, to roll with it, and they're, you know, they're banking on it being, hopefully, um, the, the next development and the next evolution of the game of basketball. Um, I'll leave my comments out of it but that's the direction the league is going in okay is it more difficult or, or what's the difference from a coaching perspective this way compared to the old way um i mean it certainly takes coaching out of it a little bit you know you don't have to worry about advancing the ball and calling timeouts and drawing up um plays at the end of a game when you need a three-pointer because in theory you just want to play the game like you did the first 36 minutes you want to play with pace you want to get up and down you don't want to you don't need to hold the ball to run any clock. Um, you don't necessarily need to trap and pressure. You just want to rely on your your core defensive values um, and try to just you know continue to play basketball the right way over those last during that last target score time um, because there isn't that impact of the clock. There isn't impact of needing to foul and shoot free throws near the end. So um, for us, it's just trying to get adjusted to it. With you know we had six players who'd never played in it before um, before this weekend. So we're in a position where we're trying to reinforce, hey, this is not like the usual games when you're up 16 in the late stages of the fourth. You know, you got to treat it like a 0-0 game, and you've got to continue to play fast and punish them if they're going to try to overpressure or do any of those kind of things. So um, it's an adjustment for everybody. Um, and we're hoping, you know, by game five or six, we're, we're comfortable in that time, and we're playing the Stingers brand of basketball for the full, for the full duration of the game. Jordan, we appreciate your time. Best of luck tomorrow night. I appreciate it. Thank you. Jordan Baker, head coach of the Stingers. And, man, if you haven't uh, haven't seen it, I would recommend go. First of all, it's great atmosphere down at the Expo Center. they got a lot of season tickets, most they've ever had, like triple the amount of season tickets they've ever had before, which is awesome. Really good pricing. You had $2 for a bag of popcorn. Chicken fingers or burgers were, were 5 bucks. Hot dog was 3 bucks. Beer, if you like beer. Five bucks. 
Hard to beat that. Free parking. So there, there's a lot of, uh, if you know, if you're looking for family entertainment, check out the uh, Stingers game tomorrow night. That's the uh, Blue and Yellow Report brought to you by the Edmonton Stingers. Go to thestingers.ca. That's where you can get your tickets for tomorrow night's game. Based on how they played on the weekend, I think the Stingers are going to improve. But obviously, hey, you don't want to go down 0-3. It's, it's a short season comparatively. So they're going to need a, a win here soon. And uh, obviously tomorrow would be a big one. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by MC Dispatch. Same day courier company. Can move any size package promptly and efficiently. They also offer storage opportunities as well. Go to mcdispatch.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.